The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me in the studio this evening is Craig Konstantinovich and over the phone, Tyler Cook. We're giving John the day off. What a lucky guy. He's earned it. He's <laughs> At been, least one day. Right. How are you doing out there, Tyler? I'm great. Doing well, thank you. Good. You know, I uh, Monday, uh, Allison is an early riser, goes to the gym like you, Craig, at like oh, yeah. 5 a.m., <laughs> turned the TV on, immediately fell back asleep. <laughs> so I had my Monday morning TV in the background, and subconsciously I hear... The Dow Jones is up over a thousand points, and I said to myself, <laughs> I like stuck my head up like a gopher and was like, "What the heck is going on?" And obviously, some really good news uh, in the biotechnology industry and Pfizer mm-hmm. coming out with the uh, supposed vaccine for COVID nineteen, which would be fantastic news for the world. Um, but the stock market obviously rebounded from it, or or responded to it, I should say. Tyler, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think you might text me at the wee hours in the morning, too, to say, like, is this real? <laughs> when we saw that, uh, it's just interesting how that, that popped right away in, in the market and looking for some good news and uh, some certainty, right? Because, you know, stock markets don't like uncertainty. So, um, again, I think there's still a long ways to go with, with the results, but seeing that it was 90% effective was certainly good news. And uh, like you said, not just here for the states, but for the, the entire world. So pleasantly surprised to see that and, and uh you know, it was kind of fun watching it throughout the day to see where where it ended up. But um, it's been a, it's been a wild, you know, ten days even since the election, just with what's happened. And I think maybe you know, opposite of what some people might have thought. So we'll talk about that. Certainly, Craig. What was your initial reaction to yeah. that news? I mean, same thing. You know, you you heard at the very beginning, hey, all of these biotech companies getting involved, and you know, you were obviously hopeful that hey, sooner rather than later, one of these you know companies are going to crack it. Um, it. It's obviously great news, and you know, like we said, hey. Everyone loves when the market responds positively to it, but the big thing I think is going to be, okay, not only how quickly can we get this vaccine, but how quickly can we get it to the people that need it? And I know, Stephen, you had sent around a a, uh, clip from the 60 Minutes interview uh, on the task force on how to deliver the vaccine once it's available, and and that I think is going to be the biggest piece is how can we get everyone the vaccine that they need and then make sure that not just the people that need it the most get it, but that everyone gets it in a timely manner. Right. It's, it's funny because even the uh, creation of this vaccine is just sort of step one. Yeah. And as as you said, that the segment that was, was aired on Sunday night, of all things, it was funny when I was watching it, it seemed like they were talking as if there was a vaccine in place. So the mindset was, we have something in place. How do we distribute it effectively, efficiently, 
and uh, it was it's a pretty cool segment, and it's 16 minutes long, uh, worth watching if people can go onto YouTube and take a look at it. But Operation Warp Speed is full steam ahead, and um, looking forward to getting this vaccine so I can just get rid of this uh, mask thing. <laughs> <laughs> the face blanket. This you don't face wear blanket that is just it's weird. Oh, it's too much, too much. <laughs> so that was great news. The other thing, Tyler, that you mentioned was the you know the responsiveness to the market because. Leading up to the election and then post-election, there was that word, uh, fear, mm-hmm. right? How would the market respond to the election? And once again, the people who were trying to prepare for a market downturn, it was another swing and a miss, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's interesting how that all plays out. Uh, you know, we talked in our, our staff meeting this week just how thankful we are that we don't try and time the market and try and you know, buy and sell on a daily basis and it, you know, the, the reality is that's a loser's game. And, and I think for a lot of people that maybe went you know, ultra conservative prior to election night uh, might be kicking themselves a little bit. And that, that's what ends up happening, right? It's investing with a rear view mirror when you try to start doing these things. And um, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, all those different sayings that you hear, it's, it's very true when it comes to market reactions to headlines. In this past two weeks, it's been two major ones, an election, uh, and then also the vaccine and with with COVID. So, you know, studies continue to show that if you but if you stay the course, try not to react as, as emotional as that might feel, or trying to check your emotions, that's the ones uh, who are most successful over the long run. So, I mean, it, it was what two thousand points we've seen in the last ten days, something like that. I mean, crazy, like ten uh, percent. Yeah, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And if you just miss one of those days because you were trying to get in and out, right? It's like ah, election night, I better sell. And then even without a clear result that on election night going into the wee hours in the morning and then everything that's going on now, you still don't have a, a, you know, a, a, um, a final solution for, for a lot of folks, half the country at least feels that way. The point being, there's still uncertainty. And so the markets are still kind of reacting to that. And, and a lot of ups and downs, I think, are still to come. So staying the course, discipline is the key. It's, again, we talk about it and joke about that, but it really is the key to, to successful investing. You just can't time these things. Yeah, and 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 lastly, with in regards to the vaccine, right? The the issue was the 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 positive news was the effectiveness of they're saying possibly ninety percent, which is right. phenomenal. And I actually heard this morning on CNBC they were interviewing someone else where some of the other companies are finding the similar effective results, which would be fantastic. Let's get as much out there as quickly as possible. And uh, so we can move on from this whole episode, uh, or should say nightmare even of a way of life. So that was good news. The other thing in regards to uh, Pfizer, I thought was interesting is the CEO got into a little bit of a uh, looking under the microscope or through the microscope, people are saying he sold $5.1 million worth of stock. Uh, on Monday, and Talk all about of a sudden, your bets. Well, and and right away, people are like, oh, he obviously you know knew the news, blah blah blah. But what people don't realize is a lot of executives when they, what they can do is something called a ten B five one plan, and basically it's like blind selling where you put a stock price. And it says if the if the share price hits this amount, sell it. Mm-hmm. So it really protects them from timing of uh, news and having information. So he he followed the guidelines. It just happened to be that the news was so good that the stock spiked right. and it triggered these sales. He had nothing to do with the sale other than listing right. what he would sell um, 
when the stock price hit a certain level. And that's a, a lot of executives, like you said, Stephen, do it that way. But a lot of individuals that are given that opportunity do it as well. And they normally time it around when the earnings report is going to be released, when there's going to be other typical updates. Because if you know that that's going to be coming out and you're expecting things to be going well, you predetermine this almost a year in advance in most instances. So you don't know if the earnings are going to be up or down, but you just know, hey, I need to do the prudent thing. I need to diversify, not have all of my eggs into one basket where my income, my retirement, you know, my fund money is all tied up to the same company. No, I need to get that out, have that in other locations. So like you said, it's not that he was sitting there saying, oh, I've got this insider information. I'm going to place this trade. No, he predicted it in advance and said, look, I'm going to obligate this number of shares to sell at this specific price on this date. And he had anticipated that well in advance of anything coming out. So. Right. So, yeah. So don't don't fall victim to saying this guy knew stuff. But uh the important point that you brought up is the diversification. Mm -hmm. We would tell that to anybody who had a lot of company stock to say, make sure you diversify. Um, I'm not sure of his compensation level, but I'm sure it involves lots of stock. Yep. And that's his way of sort of cashing out slowly. So even in, at his level, $5 million is probably not that much. No, probably right? not at all <laughs> right. from what he's accumulated. Right. For exactly. Sure. Exactly. Tyler, any other thoughts there on timing? Uh, you know, it's it just, it's just fun to see it in practice that you know, when we, we tell, say this stuff all the time, stay the course, stay discipline, just to see it continue to work. You know, that's that tried and true test, and it, it's still the best method. So don't try to get caught up in the day-to-day -day swings, but stay the course. Yeah, good good uh, words of advice. So we're coming up on a uh, break here, and in today's show, we're going to have a dedication to Veterans Day, which was this past week. We're going to go into some um, benefits of being a part of the military. So when you come back, we'll get, dig into that. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. And in today's show, we're making a dedication to this past week was Veterans Day, uh, formerly known as Arm Armistice Day. Yep. Uh, that was the original name uh, after World War One, I, I believe it was. Um, Veterans Day is important for us to recognize and thank those primarily those who lost their lives mm -hmm. uh, defending the freedom that we sometimes take advantage of so it's an important holiday for me and uh i just something that's you know i some over the years I, I just found it real important to recognize people so the people that i know have been part of the military now your brother yeah craig is uh active or he he's no longer active he okay. was in the marines uh about always three marine. years ago always, always a marine. marine always a marine yes yeah. but he uh he wrapped up his commitment, and he is actually in college right now, out in Colorado. Ah, nice. So, All right, so that's a we're going to dig into that uh, financial benefits for military families. It's a beautiful thing. Thank yeah. goodness for the uh, military and what they do, and it's right that they get a nice little reward or opportunities for rewards as well. So, any veteran out there, thank you for your service, and anyone out there who knows somebody, uh, still thank them. It yeah. doesn't have to be just on November 11th. Absolutely, and not only that, but the families of the military members as well, because that's always extremely difficult to go through but um, but yeah so taking a look at it so one of the biggest benefits that's offered and I think for anyone that's in any military or any government source 
um, or position, the thrift savings plan. So basically their version of a 401k, if you will, um, is one of the least expensive plans that's out there. You know, I, I can think of a number of people where over time, you know, we have said even, hey, we can't, it, it doesn't make sense for you to move this money, leave it in the actual thrift savings plan because the actual expense to invest in some of the funds that they have is 0.042%. To put it in right. perspective, the, the average right now is about 0.75% to invest in mutual funds. So there's a quote unquote rate of return already baked into it just by offering up and investing in that thrift savings plan. And, and the irony behind that is that the cost for these savings plans continue to go down in general for society. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been always low. Yeah. So it's not a new thing. This, they, this The thrift saving plan is fantastic for those. So any military member, uh, look at the thrift savings plan as a ways to save for your retirement. Right. And evaluate, too, because you get the option for pre-tax or Roth contributions into that thrift savings plan. So. Again, if you get cheap tax-free money with that Roth option, that could be a home run for future uh, future income needs. Tyler, what else is on the list here for these uh, military families? Yeah, there's quite a few, and it's, it's getting it's, these are all well-deserved, well-earned, and, and I think there should even be more than this. But what's really cool one, especially in today's interest rate environment, is that the military has a savings deposit program uh, and lets deployed again the key there deployed service members invest up to ten thousand dollars. Uh, into the program while you're each time you're deployed and what's incredible is you receive 10 percent annual interest 10 percent uh compounded quarterly and the program can last up to three months after you return so this is again deployed service members you know fighting overseas or whatever they're doing serving their duty overseas and uh what a great benefit especially in today's you know next to nothing interest rate environment it really is uh, Craig, what else do you have on the list there? Yeah, another one for those that are deployed or those that get combat pay. So remember, with a Roth IRA, when you make contributions, you pay taxes on that today. So you pay the tax on the money that you put into that Roth. Well, if you're in the military and you're deployed and you get combat pay, combat pay is already tax-free. But you can then turn that around and make your Roth IRA contribution with that. Now you get tax-free money going into a tax-free growth-oriented account Tax-free on tax-free is probably it's, it's, the best it's, thing you could get. It's so. as good as it gets right there. <laughs> right. And the growth and everything else is tax-free the rest, rest of its life. That's an absolute home run. So anyone who's got combat pay, put that into a Roth IRA. Yeah. Uh, home, absolute home run. Uh, again, we, we opened this this segment talking about free college. Yeah. We have the GI Bill, right? So post-9-11 post GI Bill, that covers the full cost, correct? Yeah, well, it can cover up to about $25,000 per year for private colleges or foreign schools. So, yeah, in, in essence, that number is fairly close to what the national average is for a public in-state school. So it's not just something that's picked out of thin air or anything like that. But you can use that not only for the actual tuition, but you can also use that for some of the room and board expenses, some of those other things. So, um, again, for you, a spouse or a child, you, uh, you used to be able to do a little bit more with it, but obviously they had to cut back a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, you can get that cover or college expense covered as long as, again, you're enrolled full-time for that kind of a position or think, for that education. I think rather. it's tremendous. And I know a few friends of mine uh, growing up who used it and it was uh, fantastic for them. Great opportunity and uh, well-earned. Yep. The one, the one I thought was interesting is the life insurance where again, uh, life insurance companies, um, 
measure risk. Yep. And if you're in a very high risk environment, you are deemed, come sometimes deemed uninsurable. Like well, they'll ask a question, are you a pilot? Right. Or do you skydive? Or scuba dive. Scuba dive, <laughs> right? So they ask you those questions and they can deny you insurance. So uh, the military benefits of inexpensive life insurance up to $400,000 in benefits, I think, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. My only beef with it is why is it capped at 400000 Well, because that's all anyone ever needs, Stephen, yeah, don't you yeah, know? Yeah, Lots of sarcasm there, Craig. Uh, but I wish they would increase that benefit a little bit. But I do like the fact that it is inexpensive, uh, three hundred bucks a year, up to a max of four hundred thousand dollars of benefits. I think is is phenomenal uh, compared to the rest of society. So for those right. high risk uh, people in the military, do take advantage of that uh, low cost life insurance. And the other caveat to that too is for that life insurance, there's no medical underwriting to actually get that secured. So if you have pre-existing conditions, what's almost every single uh, combat or deployed member typically has, you don't have to worry about going through that medical underwriting process. You can be approved for it right from the the get-go. Really, really good point. Tyler, what other uh, benefits are out there for them? Well, even with the life insurance, they even throw in the $100,000 for uh, spouse spousal coverage for Mm -hmm. as little as about 50 bucks a year, $54 a year. If you're under age 35, so again, there's a lot of really nice features there that that I hope our service members are, are taking advantage of. Um, yeah, a couple more on the list. I mean, there's some nice state tax breaks. In fact, I've had a few people I know take advantage of this. Um, you know, based upon where you're domiciled or your legal residence, if that state has no income tax, but you're you live somewhere else or stationed somewhere else active duty, you can still claim the state that doesn't have an income tax and save your income tax at the state level. So again, some really nice flexible features. Uh, for service members, because again, they travel quite a bit. I'm thinking of one person I know. They've traveled five times in the last six years, toting around a family of seven. So it's a little family of nine, actually, seven kids going back and forth, east coast to west coast, um, in the Marines. Oh and boy, gosh. oh boy, these some, they're benefiting from some of these things, though. Thankfully, absolutely. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you've got that, and then on yeah. top of it too, you've got the uh, the legal protections. And this is quite possibly, in in my mind at least, knowing my backstory. This is what I view as one of the most beneficial benefits that's out there um, because you have the right to you know, actually have a certified attorney go through, actually assist with creating legal documents, which, again, for those that are active duty, very important to have. But the other nice piece is it actually gives you an interest rate cap of 6% on any loans that are taken out before you go active duty. Now, think about that. If you get a credit card, okay, normally about 29% personal loan, yeah, about 10 15%. Six percent's the cap. That's fantastic. Yeah, take advantage of that. Uh, The other one are VA loans, no money down mortgage. I think that's an absolute benefit where you can get into your house uh, with no money down. And then the last one uh, before we come up on a break is tax-free housing allowance, right, Mm -hmm. where you get a monthly subsidy to cover all or part of your monthly rent. And if you're uh, active and deployed, you can take advantage of that. So hopefully there are some military people or family. You share this podcast with them. Uh, They maybe take advantage of some of these little benefits that are out there for our military members. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about financial planning. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.
Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me this evening in studio, Craig Konstantinovich, and over the phone, Tyler Cook. All of us are certified financial planners. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about John E. Sestina and Company and the Managing to be Wealthy process, uh, you can contact our office at 614-326-3077 or look us up on the web, managingtobewealthy.com. And the managing to be wealthy um, mindset is that creation of financial independence. It's that clarity to know that you're doing all the right things to achieve your goal. And maybe that goal is, we use the word retirement. Mm -hmm. That's why I use the word financial independence. But maybe one day not have to rely on an income um, it's it's nice. We love what we do, but I even look forward to the day where those responsibilities will be lightened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's many years down the road, but <laughs> I know the path I'm on, what I need to do to get there, and that's really what financial planning is all about. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And I think the biggest thing is taking the guesswork out of it because a lot of people, when they don't work with a financial planner or they don't really have a financial plan in place, they rely on those rules of thumb or, or those myths, which... You know, you mentioned it, Stephen. We've gone through. We actually did a whole show on myths of financial planning uh, that you can find on our podcasts, um, either on our website or any streaming platforms or wherever you listen to podcasts. But it, it's for those that don't have the plan, you rely on things like this mythical four uh, percent withdrawal rate. That seems to be appropriate, right? Eh, maybe not so much, right? And that about twenty six years ago, there was a uh, financial planner who put out this publication. And it was that 4% rule where basically they said, all you have to do is withdraw 4% of your portfolio and you're good to go. And so if you had a million dollars, you would get $40,000 of income from that portfolio. Tyler, you like that approach? I don't know where to start. It's, well, uh, let's, let's start. For a long time, right? <laughs> so that, yeah, that's a big no. Um, and it's really you know, came to light, I think, for a lot of people recently was the, the 2008 downturn. If four percent of you know the previous amount when it's down forty percent was a lot different, right, than uh, the previous kind of bubble that we had been in up until two thousand eight. So, the, the, I mean, the key here, what you guys are all saying perfectly, I was going to say it a little differently, is that you know, good planning, that peace of mind you're talking about, Stephen, that glider, the path that you know you're on, and, and those different things, that will always beat predicting things like four percent or maybe four and a half percent. So, if you focus on the planning aspect. And not so much on the statistical analysis. Um, you know that that really is what works. And because the problem with this four percent study, and it's been blown up several times over the years, um, but it is, it has some assumptions that it has to be baked into it, right? So you, you have certain assumptions with rate of return. You have certain assumptions when you're going to reallocate your portfolio, how long you're going to live. Anybody can tell me that. You know, when they're in their fifties and sixties retiring, you know, then you know we want to talk to you because you got a crystal ball that we don't have. So. The point being is you have to take some of those assumptions, and uh, I don't want to downplay statistical analysis and things like that because we, we use it in our, our discussions, but it's just that. It's one tool that we use to, to talk about the entire plan, and so if you focus on the planning piece, that's really where the peace of mind comes in because there's certain things that you can control in your life and certain things that you can't. One and- of the things you can't control is the rate of return, but you can control the withdrawal rate. So the point is, though, to your point earlier, Stephen, 40000 on a $1 million portfolio is 4%. But let's say next year your portfolio is 1.2. Do you take out you know, 60000 or whatever the number is just because the portfolio went up? I'd argue that's not good planning. So you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can blow this study up. But the, the key is planning always beats predicting. 
That's a really well said. And they actually adjusted this this rule of thumb number that we're trying to debunk here is the 4.5%. And mm-hmm. they bumped it up to 4.5%, which again, you know, that's why we say focus on the spending. Uh, this year is a perfect example. Absolutely. The spending analysis, If you, I'm, I'm looking forward to the breakdown because one, I think my, my personal spending for our household has gone down significantly just because our habits changed. No vacations, mm-hmm. right? We didn't go anywhere. We drove basically our vacation was driving places versus flying. No hotel stays, overnight stays. So everyone's uh, spending an- analysis is going to change. And then to your your other point, Tyler, is um, how do you respond to market volatility if you're using this steadfast rule of 4% or 4.5%? It just doesn't fly. Right. I mean, if you, you know, exactly like Tyler was saying, now maybe on the opposite side. So let's say that you have a need. You know that after doing your spending analysis that you need $50,000 per year, and you've got a portfolio right now that it, it could accommodate that as part of that 4% rule or 4.5%. Well, if we look at it exactly to Tyler's point, what if we have more? Wouldn't it be more prudent to leave that money where it's at? So instead of taking $60,000 out just because you could, just taking the 50 out and allowing the 10 to continue to grow either – tax-deferred, tax-favored, or tax-free, I would argue, yeah, that probably makes a lot more sense. So it's exactly to that point, don't be greedy. Don't be sitting here saying, I want more. Know what you need. Be able to accommodate that because there may be years where you could take out 60000 at that 4%. There could be years where you're only able to take out 40000 well, the, and the other thing that people forget are the unexpected mm-hmm. expenses, and that they happen all the time. Yeah. How do you schedule a car right. to buy a car, or you, we need a new car, replace it, or a roof, or pave, paving? Uh, these are all costly expenses that aren't normal year over year. So what happens if it's scheduled? Uh, do you just include that? So again, the point the point is planning is better than predicting or reacting to what the market is doing i just think that this it's a good benchmark but it's not the uh, end all be all when it comes to financial planning right and you take even hey. go ahead Todd. it's one of those it's, a, it's another tool that we have to help analyze and, and evaluate but the reality is it's what's going on in your life at that point because one thing we can tell you is you know the spending level even if you apply inflation metrics to it it's not going to be the same every single year so you've got to just build part of the um, the cash flow analysis in there is so important. We talk about it all the time, but that's the key to a successful plan. It's the awareness, like you said, Stephen. That's what gives you the peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly it. All right, so I think we covered that topic enough. So for the remainder of the show, what we're going to do is uh, create a um, emergency financial planning kit. Yes. Right. So while we still live in COVID times, still got to <laughs> wait in this vaccine. So we, these numbers are spiking and everyone's going to be a little bit more diligent, stay inside the winter months are upon us. So we have a financial planning emergency kit. Uh, Craig, you found this article in Kiplinger magazine, which I thought was great, right? Kiplinger is a fantastic personal finance, um, periodical, mm-hmm. uh, and the first thing they talk about is inventory. Yeah. Take an inventory of your house, right? And, and people are like, well, why would you need to do that? Well, the first is know what you need to insure. Right. Right? Know what you have. Well, just think about, and again, you know, I, I say this relatively lightly, not intending to, but I don't know how else to say it. But think of the people that have been impacted by the hurricanes this year. Think of the people that have been impacted by the wildfires. Through no fault of their own, 
their house is now being burned down to the ground and they're grasping at straws trying to figure out, well, where do I have this or do I need this? Now, thankfully for everyone that works with us, we've got a secure digital backup of almost every bit of documentation. So we almost have their to-go box with them. But for those people that aren't with us, well, one, you should call us, like Stephen talked about, 614-326-3077. But uh, also you want to make sure that you have these documents in place because if we need that emergency go, we need to have everything ac or have access to these things. Uh, so the first one's auto insurance. Make sure you have your policy, know who your insurance agent is. Worst thing that you could do is say, I know I'm with State Farm. I can't remember my insurance agent's name, my policy number, anything like that, and I can't find my car. You don't really have a whole lot of leg to stand on at that point. Right. Who do you even call, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters isn't there for you. So, <laughs> right. So, so when we come back from the break, we're going to dig deeper into this emergency kit. It is critical. Uh, it does start with personal inventory and knowing where all your documents are. Uh, Hopefully we'll get you some good information on this. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and we're talking financial planning. Um, in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about your emergency financial kit, and it does start with in personal inventory. This is your objects, your mm -hmm. things. Uh, Craig, you made a good point about your auto insurance policy. It doesn't even end with that, right? right. It's knowing who's the insurer, your, your VIN number on the car, mm -hmm. what if it gets stolen. Uh, that is so important. I, I always joke about... You know, when you look at your credit cards and your wallet gets stolen, where's the number for the credit card? It's on the back of the credit card, right? <laughs> right. So I actually learned that. From, I did lose my wallet many years ago. And since then, I have all my credit card numbers stored, the phone numbers. Uh, that way I can access, uh, know who to call if I lose my credit card or wallet. So thankfully it hasn't happened. Um, the other one I think is really important are uh, personal information like birth certificates, social security cards. Scan them, mm -hmm. scan them, and keep them. Keep them. You can keep them in the cloud, but use a secure uh, storage system. And passports um, too. To that. And same passports, day. right? Uh, very good. Driver's license, all of it. And I've had a situation, uh, as you said, you know, with the hurricane many years ago. Uh, somebody calls me and says, "Hey, uh, hurricane's coming. Um, power went out." Do you have a copy of my policy? And I was like, yes, I do. Don't worry <laughs> about it. You just take care of you and your family. Right. We'll deal with that later. Uh, but having that information does provide that peace of mind. So get a scanner for the holidays, right? Yeah. If you're going to be spending money, get a scanner and just start scanning everything, including, as you you know, the tax returns. Mm -hmm. Right. How many times you have boxes and boxes of tax returns uh, piling up in the basement? Use the technology to your advantage. Uh, most people don't realize even if it does come down to an audit, a CPA can request a copy of the tax return via the IRS. Mm -hmm. Right. They save them as well. So but for your own benefit, uh, scan them and, and store them yourself. Tyler, what else is in your emergency kit besides water? Right. I was going to say, well. Talking to my dad, it's a whole other story uh, <laughs> with, uh, with the whole prepping side. But, yeah, it really, honestly, going back to the starting the foundation of this, these are all kind of you know, things that we do as a 
the core to building a financial plan. And then it's, it's convenient in an emergency scenario. So we're, you know, we're talking it today in the context of emergencies, but really everybody should be doing this just from, a, from that peace of mind standpoint of knowing where your stuff is. And that's half the battle, especially if you've got 9 million things going on. Uh, you, you know, having a place to go to source to know that you can access that information is important. Uh, so, I, you know, I think from the driver's license, you talked about that, but even on the, the health insurance side, um, you know, I, I've started just taking pictures. I don't know if that's good or not, but I did of a health insurance card, and then I backed it up on my phone securely, put a password, things like that. But you mentioned the scanning, and what I've really fallen in love with on the iPhones is the Notes app now has the ability to scan documents. I don't Whoa. Know you guys know that, that's big news. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it is. Nice. So, go, so go into the Notes app, click Notes, and then click the camera button, and it'll ask, "What do you want to do? Do you want to take a picture? Do you want to scan?" And it turns your phone into a scanner. You can scan multiple pages, name the PDF, add password. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So the technology is there to use, to your point, Stephen. And so all these things, like your, your health care proxies, uh, health insurance card, as I mentioned. We talked about homeowner insurance policies in the event of a, a loss. And, again, we've seen that stuff. We've seen houses burn to the ground. We've seen flooding. Uh, and it's just, it's, again, it's comforting to know that we can help in those types of scenarios. Um, even things like you know, the deeds of the property. You know, those things like that, it can all be backed up now. It's so much more easier than it was, you know, 20 years ago when we, we started doing some of these things. The, uh, so it, it, it's there. Yeah, the, the other thing was with this, when COVID was hitting, we talked about this, is have a pre-filled uh, health record, mm-hmm. right, where it has all the information. And, and I know people who had did it where if they had to go to the hospital, they could just hand the, the information and basically say, here's my, what medications, prescriptions, what are you on, what are you allergic to, all those questions you usually need to answer uh, when you get to the doctor. So pre-fill it. That's a great emergency uh, backup. Store uh, for older people, store your medications on your phone, mm-hmm. under your contact card, and share your contact card with your family or, or loved ones, yep. anyone who may be responsible for you. I think that's a really good uh, emergency backup as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think we're saying it here, but as technology's evolved, there's a lot more opportunities for us to find easier ways to keep either records of this or no other ways like steven you said oh i you know i had to make sure i had all my credit card information stored i just checked my app i've got my credit cards all stored in there so if i if i ever lose it i've got it and i can obviously secure the phone too though right because the phone's obviously so important uh, all the information on there that's a great point uh the other one i think is for older people for home security uh putting a camera uh, so if someone's living alone and they're mm-hmm. older, where you're worried about falling, family's worried about falling, and they say, well, if you put a camera that's a little, I'll say to a creepy, but like you, Big Brother right. watching always, I say put it on the floor. Yeah. So you see the feet moving and it triggers a, okay, mom or dad is good. walking, everyone's good, and it's good. And then the other one is uh, use those little voice-activated Echo dots or whatever. Oh, yeah, the they, they're, they're coming yeah. more and more. Uh, Google has one and whatnot. Uh, and then you're able to, so if you fall, you can maybe get in touch with somebody as an right. emergency contact with your voice. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what are those beeper things that I fall and I can't, can't get up? Uh, yeah, those bad commercials. <laughs> those, yep. those days are gone, and you use the technology to your advantage. Tyler, you were going to say something? Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, back on the inventory piece, you know, we've got, what, like 30-page-long inventory sheet for, for people to fill out. And, it, again, it's no surprise it takes forever to do that. But even with the phones now, just being able to take pictures of the serial numbers on the back of flat-screen TVs and your computers and things like that, in the event of not only just like a, a flood or a, a fire type thing, but in the event of theft, 
Those are things that you'll need to prove to say, okay, yes, I did own this. This was mine. And if you don't have that, it can create a lot of problems with the insurance company when it comes time to make claims. So uh, at the base level, again, having all these things stored in one spot, that's the starting point. But then every first quarter, you know, we're talking about data gathering. And you've got to kind of re-up, refresh the list because certainly things have changed. Um, and and from, a, from a management standpoint, having somebody else help you can, can guide the process. But there is an ownership thing, right? You've got to want to do it. It's a two-way street when it comes to backing up your data. And it takes time. But the technology is getting a lot better. I'm telling you, Stephen, go, go tell that, test that iPhone tonight. Uh, it, it works amazing. Yeah, and well, it's just amazing to see what it goes. And it actually even names the document. So it's mm-hmm. reading the document, reading the words, and it puts the name and name to the PDF for you while you're doing it. Yeah, I had to, I've used a scanning app. That's why I was a little unpleasantly um, <laughs> I'm happy about just using the notes. But the scanning app that I use is uh, secure. I pay for it and so forth. But whenever I need to just take a photo of some piece of paper, and then send it off. So that, that works. That's good news. So the other, the other yeah. thing too, with, uh, organization, we mm-hmm. talked a lot about organization, but you know, it's not just about tax returns, start collecting all the documents. Then after December 31st for 2020 taxes, right? Right. You had the W2s, the 1099s, the mortgage interest statement, start collecting all of that into one location. And then that way you don't have to go see the CPA. You can email them the documents securely, mm-hmm. obviously ask them if they have a a, a password protected portal, but that would make your tax planning and tax uh, filing much more pleasant and, and less uh, cumbersome, cumbersome yeah, than absolutely. having to travel to the CPA's office. Yeah, and that that's the other big thing is, hey, is there other ways that we could dual purpose some of these things? So exactly like you were saying, Stephen, CPA, gather your documents, be able to send that over, but now you've also got them in the to-go kit. So hey, if you need them to make maybe have copies of wills or whatever else may be the case, you know exactly where all of those things are. Then you just move them to a different location, update your go bag every single time you get new documents. It just becomes a habit. It, it is. It becomes a habit and um, uh, just your basic normal routine. So, again, use security to your advantage. Make sure you password protect everything, but the technology is there for you to use. Uh, well, hopefully those are some good little nuggets of information on your emergency to-go kit. Uh, we thank all the listeners for tuning in. You can hear us on uh, uh, iTunes or podcasts. Share the information with your friends and family. We'll uh, tune in next week. Uh, you're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.